Hey, Jake. What? What did they say to Edgar Allan Poe when he was about to run into a tree? No clue at all. Poetry! Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Engage Family Gaming Podcast. My name is Stephen Dutzman. I am your host. This is episode 217. And I am joined this week by two people, two of my very favorite people on the earth. First, Amanda Farrow, the Princess of Power. How are you? I am pandemic excellent, which in actuality means that I'm very tired and I would like to have all the naps. Fair. We'll get back to that. Also... Amanda, your job on the show is to pronounce Linda's title because I don't think I'll ever yeah. be able to get it. So what is it? So Linda, we're joined by Linda, as per usual, on Game Week, <laughs> the mistress of magnificence. Because it's mom. In case mom. you didn't know, guys, it's mom. Linda, how are you? I saw you yesterday 10 feet apart in my driveway while I was giving your husband Final Fantasy VII Remake because he was being very pathetic about wanting to play it. Yes. I'm doing all right. Good. Again, tired. Things are good, though. Things are good. It's just busy. Yes. I love all these Facebook posts from all these people who are like, man – how crazy is this? I got nothing but time. I can make all these stupid TikTok videos and I can learn another language and I'm, you know, I've read all the books in my life. And I'm like, I don't know where y'all are coming up with this because I have less time. Admittedly, the last two weekends I spent both of them almost in their entirety playing Final Fantasy VII Remake so I could be done with it. I was. It was for work, Amanda. Everybody, she gave me a face. No, it wasn't. No, it was not because of that. Oh. I was giving myself a face. Oh, okay. Because I still, I still haven't played it at all. It's okay. I've just, Be- I've wait. just watched. I think it's. Okay. We'll talk about that on on uh, video game week uh, next time. You are forgiven okay. for having not played it. It is not necessarily your jam. I will say this much though. Um, they made Aerith enough. a person. Check it out. She's a person now as opposed to a, a living, like, refrigerator stuffing. So that's cool. We'll talk about that next week. Everybody, this time is board game week. And we're going to talk about games that make us laugh. Because the three of us collectively, and by the three of us collectively, I mean I decided it and then told them and they agreed. Uh, decided that laughter is important. <laughs> And it turns out that there are a fair number of board games and card games that are very well equipped to make you laugh. And so we're going to talk about some of those, share some of our funny experiences, and have a a wild, raucous time for the next hour or so. So strap in, because we're excited to talk about funny stories. Buckle up, everybody. Uh, But first, I do want to remind you, this podcast is sponsored by... Mixer.com slash Ready Player Mom and the Virtual Economy Podcast, otherwise known as the other pieces of content that Amanda makes. So, <laughs> I, I mean, what are you going to do? I make a lot of stuff. I you don't do. know what to tell you. <laughs> she makes a lot, a lot of stuff. But that's okay 
because uh, all of that stuff sponsors us. So thank you very much for being here with us. And so I normally do this at the end, but I'm going to try and experiment this week. Everybody, Mm -hmm. I have one favor to ask before we get rolling into this podcast. Every one of you listening knows one person that needs to listen to this show. They may not know they need to listen to this show, but they need to. Get the link, send it to them, put them in their Facebook Messenger, text it to them, put it on their Pinterest board. I don't know what what these people do. Smoke signals. Carrier pigeons. Carrier pigeons. Uh, Listen... Hack their phone. I don't, I don't know. Judge. Do what you got to do. Let's. I shouldn't I make jokes about all. hacking after yeah, the weekend that things. I had. No hacking no jokes after the weekend that I had. But you know, let people know that this podcast exists. We want more numbers. We want more people. Because you know, bigger audience means bigger guests. So, and we have a very cool guest coming next week. Next week's going to be very fun. We'll talk about that later. But uh, why don't we go around the horn and. Uh, I'm going to start this week because I want to talk about Game of Phones. Ooh. Oh. I've been looking forward to hearing some more about this, so tell okay. me everything. So I can tell you Game of Phones from two perspectives. One, I can tell you about Game of Phones because it is very cool. And I can also tell you about the experience of playing it with a seven-year-old. Oh, boy. Because that happened. So, oh, man. Oh, Game no. of Phones is... <laughs> So there is an entire genre of board slash card games where one person is the judge and everybody has to do a thing and the judge rotates and the judge decides the shen- you know who wins the various shenanigans on a round. That was inspired by games like Apples to Apples, Cards Against Humanity. I don't know who went first. Cards Against Humanity, obviously not for us. Apples to Apples, obviously for us. Um... There's a whole genre of those games. Every year we go to Toy Fair and we walk into the booths with the companies that do like the mass market stuff and they start going through the pitch and we go, okay, so it's like apples to apples and then we're done. And that happens to us maybe 15 times a Toy Fair. That sounds about right. Something like that. And they're all different flavors, different skins. It's fine. Listen, these things do Mm -hmm. great at Target and Walmart. Oh, and I'm sure that they sell like hotcakes. And they cost a dollar and a half to make. So I'm not hating. I'm just saying it happens to us a lot. So Game of Phones is from Breaking Games. It follows that tradition. However, the big conceit here is that everything is done using your telephone, your cell phone specifically. So uh, some of the things that we had to do in order to win cards... Uh, perhaps the, the the person who is the judge is the influencer, which, by the way, is the first thing that really, like, just makes me just feel just a certain kind of way. So they're the influencer, and they deal out the card, and everyone is essentially given a challenge. And that's how they the game plays. And so one thing that I like about Game of, game of Phones is that Number one, the pun game is on is on point. But the uh, there are different kinds of challenges. Some of them are very similar to apples to apples, whatever. You have to go find a picture. You have to put out uh, emojis that describe something. So, for example, I had to find a picture of a celebrity that we would bring home to our parents. And I had to do that <laughs> with all of my children. Now, this was oh, incredibly no. challenging. So, my wife was the influencer. And so... For example, um, my son, Evan, chose Captain Sparkles, 
and my son Jacob chose Ninja. Um, and my daughter chose Kirby. That's fair. And I, <laughs> I, I chose someone else that I'm, I'm not gonna. I ended up not showing it to my children. Um, and I'm gonna keep it. It was because I showed it to my wife, and just we'll leave it at that. But the because I knew we weren't really playing that. So that's the idea that we all show the picture to the influencer, and they choose it, whatever. And okay. it's just like that. And there's tons of cards that are like that. However, there are some of them that are elimination challenges. So everyone plays. And so the idea is you simply go from the left seat from the influencer around the table, turning someone's phone upside down, and they're just kind of eliminated. And it's last man standing. So there's a little bit of gamesmanship there as far as kind of choosing who is still there and everybody plays but then they have and and that's kind of neat it's interesting it's just Mm -hmm. different the ones that i really like there are these weird like mystery challenges that are the for example it'll say everyone at the table text a family member okay gameplay will continue whoever gets a response first gets the card Oh. So there is a downside to if you both text the same person because they can obviously only respond to one person at once. So there's a little bit of gamesmanship there. Um, And so and and they a lot of them work like that. And then there's a whole nother category that are just meant to be really silly and stupid. uh, But the idea is no one wins. Everyone just does a fun activity. And then that card just gets saved. And whoever wins the next round gets two. So one of them is you have to send yourself a pause. Everyone at the table sets a calendar in uh, sets a calendar event for five years from now with a positive message for themselves. Or wow. everyone um, records a video and texts it to the influencer saying something nice to them. Or, you know, stuff like that. Very some of most of it That's so wholesome. Very wholesome and very fun. And the idea is it's just a cool thing that happens and nobody wins. Just everybody does the thing. You mean that everybody wins, right? Because it's wholesome. Yes. Everyone wins. But nobody gets that point for the card. Got it. Okay. But everybody gets. That's a really clever twist. Yes, I like and it. it. And also, uh, many of them are set a reminder for X amount of time to text everyone that was at this table to schedule another time to play Game of Phones. So they're mm. smart about this. I am not stupid. <laughs> it was great. I loved every darn minute of of it. So. That's Game of Phones. It is cheap. It is expandable. It is at Target. It is... uh, There's a whole other box that we didn't even really get into. Some of them... The the challenge, and this is the issue we ran into with our seven-year-old, is if you don't know how to use a phone or how to search the internet or whatever... You are at a disadvantage. Like, this is definitely intended to be played. Like, mechanically, she could play. It's nothing inappropriate, right? But you have to be able to, like, Google stuff. And you have to have people in your phone that you can text. And so, for example, you know, there's plenty of people who have, you know, who have given their kids phones but only allow them to use them to text mom or dad, right? True. They have a phone technically, but they are ill-equipped to participate. There were a few of them that were like, hey, um, find a celebrity 
and message them on social and like leave a comment on them on social media saying something positive. Oh, and that's so nice. That's great. That's a sweet way to do it. But you need the prerequisite skills. Well, this is also, a game with prerequisites. Yes. Also, you need to have social media because Evan was right. like, uh, I ain't got no socials. So no, do, do I just use not dads? Old enough. Exactly. So there were some of those. Now, admittedly, you could just flip through the cards and just not use those. There were plenty of them totally. that you could. So this is one of those ones. I'm glad that it is relatively inexpensive because if you have a large age range that you're playing with, it'll probably require some fine tuning and that's okay. We're all intelligent and can figure it out. Uh, there's a lot of possibilities for super fun. This is also a game that when it was first released was more cards against humanity than apples to apples. If y'all are reading between my lines, one of the things that they told us at toy fair when Linda and I were sent home with this was that this new edition is intended to be more family friendly. Like they realized that this game had more of a mass market appeal and could be targeted towards families, which is why they brought it up to us. And I agree with them a thousand percent. <clears throat> you can take it the wrong way, like I did once, but I didn't show my kids, right? And so if we, if the, if Linda and I and all our adult friends were playing this game, it would probably go a certain kind of way where it would be very different if I was playing, if we were playing with our kids, right? Um, and so, and the fact that it has that flexibility, I think it's great. And it's also a very small box, fits very nice on a shelf. And uh, yeah, so that's Game of Phones. I highly recommend it. That sounds really cool. I'm yeah. going to have to check this out. Yeah, it's really rad. Um, by the way, um, I'm only a little angry at my sister for responding to Jacob's text before mine. I'm only a little mad. <laughs> Can you blame her for responding to her nephew first? I mean, really? Yeah, I, I absolutely can blame her. She should respond to her brother first. Not really. She can do whatever she wants. <laughs> she was. Uh, we both texted her while her toddler was potty training, so she was not interested in us in general. Um, she was busy. She had things going on. So, um, Amanda, you're gonna go next. Did you get to chance? Did you get a chance to play the game that you told me you were gonna play today? You did. I sure did. So, mm -hmm. tell us about your experience with Everdell. So I think that this is the second time that I've talked about Everdell. Yes, but every time it's an option to talk about, I want to talk about it. It's a great game. We are gearing up to play the expansion. I don't mm -hmm. remember what the heck the expansion is called. It's Pearl something. Um, but we sat down today and we were like, oh, man, we are going to be so rusty. It is going to be the worst. We are going to suck at this game. No, actually, we all did really, really well. And Mike ended up winning, which is a ho goes against house rules, as a Mike may never win. This has been a house rule for 10 years, 10 plus years at this point, because of my husband. <laughs> um, but yeah, we had a lot of fun. It's an engine building game, which is entirely up your alley, Steve. I know that you love engine builders. I do like to build engines, just not mm -hmm. real ones, because I don't understand how those work. Oh, those are complicated. No, but these are work game engines. These are a little different. Yeah, so Everdell, the entire premise of Everdell is to, it's an engine building game. You build the town, you fill it with citizens, you have 15 slots. So you have to be very careful in how you build your town because depending on the kinds of buildings that you build, they may have synergy with different villagers. 
Um, and it, once you fill it up, there are very few ways to tear buildings down again. In fact, I think there's only a couple of ways that you can do it, and you have to play cards over top of them, like turning a turning one of your buildings into a ruin, essentially. You get all the resources back, but then that slot's taken up by a ruin. So that's not super helpful. So you have to be very strategic in the kinds of things that you're building in your town and the kinds of creatures that you're inviting in. Sometimes unique creatures are a better idea, other times common creatures, unique buildings, common buildings, you know, going with production buildings versus government buildings, you know, those are all really important things to consider as well. So, and the game is different every single time that you play it because you choose different cards. So you don't you don't have just one strategy and you just go in and you go hard. No, you're you're not playing with the same deck of cards every time. Well, the deck of cards is the same, but you're not playing with, you know, the the same goals that are at the top of the Everdell Evertree. So there are different ways to earn victory points along the way. Uh, the most important things that you can do is be paying attention to what the four event cards are on the top of the Evertree. Sometimes you need to recruit like uh, a specific character or yeah, a specific uh, townsperson and that needs to be paired with a specific building and then you can go ahead and put your little worker because it's a worker placement game as well you can put your little worker on top of there and you can take that event card and it's like oh look at all these awesome victory points i'll i'll be taking all of those <laughs> uh but yeah there are a number of different ways to earn victory points and it's just a really flexible interesting engine building game also that tree though the tree is so pretty the whole game is gorgeous Linda, have you seen pictures of this one? I'm sure oh, you yeah. have. I've seen, I've seen tons of pictures. I think I've even seen it set up at one of the conventions at some point, but yeah. I have not like sat down and gotten to play around with it at all. Oh, I should bring it. Yeah, when, I come, when, when this pandemic was lifted, I'm going to bring it. Gonna like have to play. We're just going to have to get together and, and eat and drink and play board games. And yes. that sounds great. That sounds great. <laughs> um, sounds amazing. And maybe when we're done with it, we'll even have some content to show for it. So, Everdell, that's by Starling Games. This is one of those. So, this is one of those games that that to me is a huge hit, and it is. Yeah, you know, they're just going to keep adding expansions. They started with just like the forest around the tree, then they added the river and like a lake because that's where that's what the the next expansion is, right? Like it's water stuff. So I'm sure the next thing is there's going to be a mountain or something. I mean, you know, they're just going to keep on going with this one. So uh, have a now, forest by the end of it. It'll be. I mean, listen, you guys I mean, wouldn't be mad gorgeous. about that. Not Would mad. Would you be mad about having that a forest of all those darn trees? No. Um, and it is. You know, so yes, that I'm very excited to hear more about it as they release more stuff. And as you continue to play it, because it, it, there's actually three expansions already. Yes. So we only so, have the first one. Yeah. So there's actually already a mountain, Spirecrest. Amazing. And then there's Pearl Brook, the river. Pearl Brook, so, yeah. So listen, I called it without even knowing. That's just, that's how this brain works. You know what I mean? So that is Everdell. Man, that is a game that I definitely need to play. It's got the, so I, I, the one thing we didn't talk about, this definitely has like a, what what are those books with the with the critters? 
This has like a secret in him. And what's the? But what's the red wall? Red wall. This red has wall? a red wall feel. Yeah. Like this is Kinda this does. is a red wall board game without the red wall license is what it feels like to me because it's the critters and the people. Or another thing, and this is maybe it's just on my mind. Tell me if I'm wrong. This is on my mind, maybe just because of Disney Plus and everybody's watching it. But like the Disney Robin Hood. Yeah. Oh, I honestly, that's what I thought about too. Was was Disney's Robin Hood? What a great it's, movie. Which is, I need to watch it. Um, so somebody posted a picture. Speaking of Disney's Robin Hood, yes, this is a tangent. Welcome to the Engaged Family Gaming Podcast. Somebody played, <laughs> uh, posted a picture of the end credits. Of uh, Disney's Robin Hood with like the critters mm-hmm. marching across it. You ever mm-hmm. like hear a picture? Yes. I heard that picture. Like I knew exactly what was happening. Like I heard it, not in a, like a bad way, but I was, you know, you just know the whistling while the critters walk across that screen. I need to watch that movie. I'm probably going to do it tonight because um, I finished Final Fantasy. So all of a sudden I have time again. Um, okay. So I talked about Game of Phones. Amanda talked about Everdell. Linda, you taught your family how to fight you literally with fire. It's true. So I taught my family Fire Tower. So it's a game I've played multiple times, and I realized I'd only played it with one of the children and not with anybody else in the family. That's just, that's just wrong, so Linda. It, it just it happens. You know, we do the game. You, I'm just giving you crap. Just, it, it's fine. Well, what else is new? It's fine. Um, so I'm very excited because they have an expansion coming to Kickstarter probably this summer. Who knows with the Fire Nation attacking what's going to happen with that, but that's their plan. And I got a prototype of the expansion, and I was getting ready to teach them the expansion and went, wait, half the family doesn't know how to play the base game. So yep. we backtracked, and so we played the base game. And the best part about it was apparently I'm a really good teacher because I was the first one eliminated. Oh, wow. So, Sounds about yeah. right. Sounds about right. <laughs> Linda is a very yeah. good teacher. It's worth mentioning. True. But, Thank you. That means a lot. But then they just wrecked her. So They did. It was hysterical. Like I was out, and it was probably another 15 minutes before the next person was out. They ganged up on you. They totally did. And that's okay. And you know what? Of everybody, whoever to go out first, I was thrilled because then I could coach. So that was fine. But the nice thing is everybody had a blast. We really enjoyed it. So then I've got the rules all printed out. I've got all the components sorted for the expansion. So next time we play, we're going to add in the Firehawks. And there's a bunch of new elements coming in and new mechanics. And so it should be a lot of fun. Yeah. That's great. Listen, I can I... The Fire Tower is just such a good game. It defies its... Have you ever played Fire Tower, Amanda? I have not. Okay, so we'll, we'll just put it on the list of games that we got to play when you come down here when the when the Fire Nation stops attacking. Can I just Fire say... Fire Nation stops attacking. Uh, which, we've made it a thing officially now. Uh, so, congrats to us. Because people do appreciate <laughs> that we refer to it as that. So... I'm glad. uh, We gotten some positive feedback on that during the EFG show because Jeff and I do that on Thursday nights and we refer to it as the Fire Nation attacking. People are very pleased. So can I say that I am kind of glad in in a pseudo dark way that they're taking their Kickstarter for their forest fire game 
during this particular disaster rather than the one that was happening right before this one that might still be happening. I don't really know. So I'm just glad that we don't have to deal with that potentially insensitive moment for them. I'm just happy for them, you know? Yeah. Because really, it's just, it's not meant to be, because we're supposed to be playing firefighters, but we're really not. You know, the theme is tough with that game. I just really enjoy it. And I'm glad that we don't have to deal with any of that. We can just enjoy, a, well, your family can just enjoy setting mom on fire, apparently. And it it's is what true. It is. They really enjoyed that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, man, it's a really good game. I need to play it. Well, it really we're... is. It's so not. It's so counterintuitive too, because it's the only firefighting game I've ever seen where you're not working together, yep. where it's competitive. Yeah, a lot of the so, other ones are but... all cooperative. Right. So it's a little. It's very atypical in that regard, but it still doesn't feel bad because you are still trying to put it out. Yeah. But it just near just near your area. Yeah. Exactly. You really just want to put it out near you. All right. So. Right. So we just went around the horn. We talked about three really great games. Game of Phones and Everdell, Fire Tower. Fire Tower is probably one of the EFG, you know, all-stars just because of how many times we brought it up. So I want to kind of do something a little bit different. We haven't talked about a live Kickstarter in a while without the creator actually being here. And I was sent an, a press release for a Kickstarter, <laughs> and I was like, First off, we should probably talk about more of these just because some of them are pretty cool. And this one, particularly interesting to me. So uh, Amanda and, and Linda and everybody else, buckle up because I didn't tell them anything about this Kickstarter. Total surprise. What is we are waiting with bated breath. What is y'all's initial reaction when I tell you that there is a Kickstarter that is live right now? For a 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons campaign setting that is a, uh, that is, they specifically refer to it as Spaghetti Fantasy for two reasons. One, because it is flavor-wise like a Spaghetti Western. Everybody's kind of, everybody's kind of gray. You're all kind of outlaws, that kind of stuff. But also, literally, because their campaign setting is based on Italian folklore. That's an interesting combination. So, let me introduce you to Broncolonia, the spaghetti fantasy RPG. And it's an all-Italian, medieval, roguish, and uh, picturesque setting for the 5th edition of the most famous role-playing game of all time. Because, obviously, you can't say Dungeons & Dragons in your Kickstarter. Um, unless no. they explicitly allow you, Hasbro will drive to your house. And so... <laughs> Probably, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Someone will drive to your house. Uh, so uh, what, are you, what are your initial reactions? Because I want to say I'm amused. I mean, I'm speechless, I suppose. Yeah. Speechless is probably the best way to describe my feelings about this. I don't know how to describe my feelings. It's very confused. Yes, perplexed was the word that came to mind for my reaction. Okay. It's it's a mix that I was not expecting. Right? It sounds very different, but I'm intrigued at the same time. Yeah, so confused and intrigued. Yes. Confused and intrigued. That's things. fair. That's fair. That's the opposite of that not the opposite, but it is better than disgusted and angry. So we'll take that. So um and I I I feel safe 
that I wouldn't actually bring something up that would make that would evoke those emotions, but still. Probably so the not. idea is from a fantasy perspective, it is uh, specifically designed to be you're making your band of thieves or, you know, and it, as opposed to being an evil campaign, the idea is everybody's kind of gray. It's a spaghetti Western, but the idea mm-hmm. is you're making characters that exist inside Broncolonia, which is basically like Italy, only like the map has been like run over by like a rolling pin in a weird way. Like it really does look like the boot and everything, but um. I am super amused by this. I don't really know. <laughs> I don't really know why it amuses me as much as it does. I put a link in the description and I'll put a link in the chat for you for the two of you to look at if you want to see some of the art. I think the art is actually kind of I, I don't know how to really describe it. Um but it is very distinctive. When you see the map, which is totally in the Kickstarter campaign, you'll understand what I mean. That it's just it's the boot. And it looks like it was flipped the other way. Um, so yeah, it is. Uh, it's, it's it's an almost two hundred page source book of wow. new classes and monsters and maps and setting. And this looks really cool. <laughs> new backgrounds it's, and all sorts of stuff. And you're making Broncolonian names. Beautiful, right? They did so, a good job with the art. I mean, that's. Oh, I see what you're just saying about the the map. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. So that's. I mean, they even have Sicily. <laughs> yeah, they do. I mean, I told you it's basically yeah. Italy. It's, um, it's... so it's live on Kickstarter for another three weeks. It's worth taking a look at. You don't have to get a hardcover book. It is worth mentioning if you just want the PDF. There is a PDF option, which is, uh, very inexpensive. Um. You know, for you know, what is it? Seven. So it's like nineteen bucks. You can get the PDF version, and I think I'm definitely doing that. Uh, this looks super cool. I don't know that I would ever be able to convince people to play it, but I think I need to own it. <laughs> I think it's very get, different. I think you might get uh, John to play this because all you have to say is spaghetti western, and he might actually be in on that. Yeah, that's fair. Because I mean, because he is a huge fan of spaghetti westerns. That doesn't surprise me, even in the slightest. Not even a little. (laughs) Not even a little. Not even a little. What was really interesting was they actually, as part of the Kickstarter, list some of their inspirations. And so this is a very broad list, right? So they have literature masterpieces like Pinocchio and Divina Commedia from Dante, spaghetti western movies, um, movie classics that are set in Italy like The Princess Bride, and also uh, they specifically referenced Assassin's Creed 2, um, which is, you know, that's Ezio. So That's Ezio. That's Ezio. So the that th- that broad of a you know if you're meaning to tell me that I get to play as Ezio in essentially the Princess Bride wherever that's you know like in that setting that sounds kind of cool. Sounds actually you putting it like that would sell me on it entirely. Like that right there, those two pop culture references, those important pop culture references. I'm like, go on, tell yes. me more. Yeah, go yeah, figure you, out. You had me at Princess Bride. As soon as you yeah. were saying Princess Bride, it's like, okay, now I'm interested. Exactly. Yeah, 
I mean, so I just had to name drop Princess Bride and go figure the uh, millennial and Gen X women were like, hey, I'm in. I'm just, listen, I, I'm not anti-Princess Bride. I'm just saying. I should have just known. I should have known I wasn't prepared. So I think this is really cool. And I think it's worth taking a look at. If for nothing else, looking at the Kickstarter and checking out the art costs you literally zero dollars. And the art is cool enough in and of itself, I think. It's kind of something fun to look at. So, again, here we are, the little Kickstarter corner on this week's podcast. And that is a Broncolonia, which is currently on Kickstarter and will be there at the time this podcast publishes another couple weeks. And, yeah, 20 bucks gets you the PDF. That's a pretty good rate for a $200 Dungeons & Dragons source book with five new races. And that ain't bad. a bunch of really new backgrounds, good. new spells, etc., etc. Really, even if you just use some of the maps that are in here, I'm sure uh, that yeah. could be kind of interesting. So that's Broncolonia, the spaghetti fantasy RPG. So how about we take a break, and then we will come back, and then we're gonna we're gonna get silly and talk about some of the board and card games that the three of us enjoy that are designed to make people laugh. All right, sounds great. All right, folks, we'll be back in just a moment. And for real, I'll be back. Hey, everybody, this is Steve. I'm the host. If you like listening to this podcast, you probably like some of our other content, too. You can find that all over social media. So make sure to head over to facebook.com slash engagedfamilygaming. Perhaps you might like to see some stuff on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash E-F-G-A-M-I-N-G. Or maybe you just want to head on over to Instagram and look for Engaged Family Gaming there. See you later, guys. Bye now. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to episode 217 of the Engaged Family Gaming Podcast. I'm still Steven. I'm still here with Amanda and Linda, and we are still talking about board games. Before the break, we went around the horn. We did a little Kickstarter corner. And now we're on to the true topic, the meat and potatoes of this. And we're talking about games that make you laugh. I think all three of us agree that... Man, do we need to squeeze as much laughter out of the things that we can find as we can. And isn't it great that there are some board games that are really good for doing just that? I talked about one at the top during Around the Horn, Game of Thrones or Game of not Game of Thrones. That is not funny. Game of Phones is funny. But True. we've got a whole bunch. First yeah. off, I would encourage everybody to read an article on EngagedFamilyGaming.com that is entitled 11 Games to Make You Laugh. Simple enough. It was 10. I added one. I took, the, I took my uh, editorial liberty and just threw another one right in there. Um, so, yeah, we're, I, I don't know how you guys want to start. Linda, why don't you go? Because you actually were the author of the 10 Games to Make You Laugh article. Yes. So you are the humor expert. <laughs> Which is probably the first time you've ever been referred to as the humor expert. And I mean that with love. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That is the first time. So believe it or not, I actually found another game that was not in the article that 
I really want to talk about. So I'm going to go off article. So some that's a per- bonus game, number 12. And then we should probably um, just add it to it. Yeah, we really should. Um, so the game I want to talk about is called Telestrations. Sure. This is a game Ooh, yes. by, um, oh, it's the OP now. Mm-hmm. It used to be USA yeah. Only, now it's the OP. They keep changing mm-hmm. things on me, so I can't keep track. Um, so we played this game at my sister-in-law's house probably at least six months ago, if not more. And it was just ridiculous. So for those of you that have never heard of this game, that don't know this, Telestrations is a party-style game because it's very light. There's very easy rules. What you get is you get a notepad, a dry erase notepad with the spiral bound at the top. And at the beginning of the game, everybody gets a random word, an object to draw. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is you go through rounds and you are drawing the object. And then the next person has to guess what you drew and then the next person that gets the word has to then draw that word. And so it's sort of like a game of telephone. It's so it gets distorted as you go. It is hilarious. And so everybody has a different word. So as you pass it, you don't know what the previous word was. And some of the things that we came up with were just just bananas. you know. And it's, some of these things are difficult to draw. And so... It can, you know, it's, it's like playing, playing Pictionary. You know, when you are not good at drawing, it just hilarity ensues. And we were just bent over, hysterically laughing when you finally go through and are revealing what the actual word was. And then you can flip back and see how it just deteriorated as misunderstandings came because they didn't understand the picture or they, you know, interpreted it a different way. And it, it's just hilarious. And this is perfect for a big family. So it's recommended for four to eight players. So it's meant for a bigger group because you need to go around oh, and awesome. have multiple, you know, things to distort. So for those of you with bigger families home, this is just, it's absolutely hysterical. It's on Amazon now. It's, you know, under Prime, so you could get it in a few days, assuming, like, shipping isn't disrupted. Um, and it, it's under 30 bucks. So and it's got the dry erase, all the dry erase things, and it's it's really nice. It's a really fun, Amazing. silly, silly game. Absolutely. And now, this, I think the one caveat to this is it's really great for families that love to laugh at themselves. Because if you're super competitive at telestrations, you're gonna hate your life. <laughs> oh yeah, you've got to go in knowing oh. you're just gonna be like just laughing. You cannot take yourself seriously even a little bit with this. That might not work for half of at least half of my family yeah you got some you got some you got some tryhards over there i love them all of them but you got some you got some people a bunch of keeners all of them it's all right all right we got some we got stuff for them wow it's all right there's why there's so many yes, different things you something too, for danielle <laughs> <laughs> she says to the can we not can we not stress out the doctor she's got enough going on She's playing Picross. She's fine. Oh, should be oh season four, the new one, or is she is she playing the new one? No, oh. she's not playing the new one. She got it. She got an iPad, so she's playing iPad Picross games. Oh, that's, okay. This that's pick- her. That's her wind down. 
All right, there's a new Picross coming out this week, Linda. I don't you don't know what Picross is. I have Probably, no idea what you're talking about. You're frankly, saying words that don't <laughs> I suspect that if you did know what Picross was, you would buy your own Switch. I'm not even really joking. I th- you strike me as a Picross kind of person. Okay, it's I have a to number look into this it's now. a number puzzle thing. Um it's like true. it's like way cool Minesweeper with art. Yes. Okay, if it's more like Minesweeper I'm in if it's like number logic things, I'm terrible at those. No, it's not like it's not really like that. Okay, good. Um, so anyway, um, so that's Telestrations. I agree. I think that's a great game to start this off with because here's the thing, right? Telestrations is not explicitly designed to try and be funny, right? But because of what it does and the way you have to play it and how just bonkers it gets, people are going to enjoy themselves. You just go there, you laugh, you enjoy how absurd it gets. I think that's a great way to start. Illustrations. Let's just put that right at the top of the list. Um, Amanda, what, yes. what recommendations do you have for us? Oh, I have a few. Well, at good, the because very we got to top... fill up part of a podcast. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm here for. Uh, so at the very tippy top of my list is actually a game that I don't play very often anymore because it just gets too hacking competitive with my Keener family. In fact, I've never braved it with my Keener family. I've only played it with my folks and my brother um, and my husband, and we haven't played it in a while, but it is a hysterical game. And I think that if my family was less competitive, we'd probably have a lot more fun with it. Uh, So it's Munchkin. Ah. Munchkin is a hysterical game. It is so funny. The cards are hilarious. The different synergies between the cards creates hilarious things and it's like all of the all of the various add-ons and all of the various spin-offs just make it funnier because you can mix and match a bunch of them so you can have like kung fu styles hanging out with a bunch of astronauts who are also wearing D style boots of butt kicking mm-hmm. because of course you are it's absurd it's utterly Obviously. absurd Yep. And I don't I don't think that I need to do I need to go into like what Munchkin is? Have we talked we've talked about Munchkin, haven't we? We've uh, I don't think we have, but we've certainly covered it on the podcast before. But I mean it's a it's a card game. Yeah. And if you are it is familiar a, it with is it, a screw your friends card game. Mm-hmm. It is very, 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 very competitive. And it can get it can get to be a lot if you have a lot of kids. Sure. And you have a lot of kids that are super competitive <laughs> yeah this i've is... never put it in front of them because i just i can't i just would be irresponsible as a parent <laughs> um, that's the know your audience i, I mean know you your, audience. Know your audience no that's audience. right that's right i think that's a really good tip just for talking about this right is knowing whether or not your family will enjoy something i mean because it's there's nothing worse than trying to bring out something you think is going to be funny and then it turns into a fight we don't want any of that but I 100% agree with Munchkin. I'm going to be real with you. Uh, I absolutely adore Munchkin, considering how, uh, like, it's super dumb. But I absolutely adore Munchkin. Um, you can play it with because me. Because you like dumb games. Um, I like dumb games. Also, um, I like messing with people. <laughs> so Shocking. Shocking. Everybody's shocked. Um, so, okay. That's Munchkin. All right, I'm going to talk about mine. Do it. Can we let's talk a little bit about what do you mean? <laughs> so, um, this is one part recommending a game to everyone on earth. 
Second part, previewing some pretty wild content coming to our social media channels over the next month or so. So what do you mean? Remember at the top of the show, I talked about how there's all these games where there's a judge and everybody does a thing and then the judge decides who wins. This is that. The difference is you are making memes. So the judge draws cards from a picture prompt pile. And we're talking deep internet memes that we all know, that we know, that we have seen. Maybe Linda hasn't seen them. But, like, me and Amanda have seen them. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to say I'm a little more sheltered on the interwebs. Uh, No, it means that you're not perpetually (laughs) plugged into the matrix. And that's good. Yeah, it means that you. Yeah, it means that you don't live on Twitter. I am blissfully ignorant of some some of these things. Crazy, (laughs) yeah, yeah, exactly. And don't mind me coughing. So, um, I'm fine. The Fire Nation is not attacking. The Fire Nation is not attacking me. Um, Okay, good. Okay, so the original version of what do you mean? Not family appropriate. It is not. So if you see one that doesn't literally say family edition on it. It is the not family appropriate one. It's just Cards Against Humanity with a picture instead of a text with blank, like with blank spaces, which is so. Uh, but they made a family edition, and they actually uh, shout out to them. And I guess FCC disclosure, they did send me a copy of this game. However, um, it's freaking hysterical because what they did is they took all like the sex, drugs, and rock and roll out of the initial one. And replaced it with fart jokes and basically made my perfect game. <laughs> um, this game sounds fantastic. It's absolutely amazing. You, after seeing the posting you put up of your family playing it, yeah. it might have come in an Amazon box for a birthday that's coming up. Oh, Ooh. yeah. You guys are going to love so, it. Oh, dear. So I recommend. So, don't tell again, <laughs> so I highly recommend look for the one that says family edition. It's. The big difference is the box is bigger and there's an actual picture of a dog on the front. That's how you know. The other one is a white box. They're both at Target. This is a widely available board game. It is very inexpensive. And it is, like I said, it's a bespoke family edition for the game. They, they streamlined it. All the pictures are appropriate. But they're, they're the ones we know from the internet that are appropriate. And so... There aren't many. <sighs> Believe it or not, you know what? (laughs) There's more than you think, and that's the cool part. Yeah, so there's more than you think. And so this is hilarious. Now, for sake of previewing what we'll be doing on our social content, because this is hilarious, uh, my family will be playing. But instead of rotating the judge, we're going to let the people decide. Um, And so... And I confirmed this, all five of us, including Megan, will be participating in this game. Because she actually played, and she came up with some bangers. Um, We will be playing and letting the people decide uh, who our fate and play this over over a series of weeks. Because I think it will be fun. And also because it's an excuse to play this game for a very long time, and I really like it. So that's What Do You Meme Family Edition. And yeah, I am. I cannot recommend this game enough. It is so funny. <laughs> so that sounds yeah. really We're great. looking forward to it. Yeah, Oof. man, your kids, your kids are gonna love this thing. They are. <laughs> They're gonna love this thing. Um, Linda, yes. back to you. Okay. 
So I'm going to pull something from the article that is a game that has been played so many times in this house that the box is completely beat up and it's on the verge of falling apart. Um, and that is Looping Chewy. Yo. So this is the old Looping Louie game um, from back in the day that they reskinned with the Star Wars theme. And at this point, I think it's easier to get the Looping Chewy version than anything else. Yes. But what it is... It is super cute. It's for up to three players. There, it is, It's got a little mechanical element to it. So you've got like a little motor in the center, and it's got an arm that comes out, and there's a Millennium Falcon that literally spins around, and there's little discs that are the stormtroopers, and you are trying to defend your stormtroopers by using a lever to knock the Millennium Falcon away. And what I love with this design is if you are too aggressive, you knock your own stormtroopers down. So it's elimination style. You only have three stormtroopers. When all three of them have fallen, you're out. So gameplay is at the most a couple minutes. Um, and it's just, it's something the kids pull out all the time. If they have friends over, if we have our friends over with their kids, it comes out all the time. And it's just hilarious. Everybody laughs. It's just so silly. And they love the Star Wars theme. I mean, who doesn't want to knock stormtroopers down with a Millennium Falcon? I mean, uh, I mean, really. Wrong. And Chewbacca is piloting the uh, Millennium Falcon. It's 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 adorable. I mean, it's just really cute. It's inexpensive, easy to get generally. Um, and I put the caveat generally in only because with the Fire Nation attacking, things that have been easy to get have been sporadic with getting. So I have, didn't check this one specifically, but generally it's easy to find. And it's just, it's something so silly. And it also has that physical element. We talked about it last time that getting up and moving is a good thing. We all need a little more. Not that it's a big kinesthetic game, but you have to, you know, move a little bit because you're controlling the arms. And so it gives you a little bit of that movement. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's also really hysterical. Um, I think this is one of those games because we have it also. And. I have the original the, Lupin Louie. Yeah. This is one of those... Yeah, Lupin Louie is also... Like, if you can find it, Lupin Louie is hysterical just because it's just this, like, fat dude in a biplane. Just picture me in a biplane, and you're just rolling, and it's so great. This is... What I love about this game is you really... One of the things that takes it to, like, the next level of, uh, of humor is good-natured trash talk, which... People who know me know that I there is not much more in this earth that I love more than good-natured trash talk. It's like that and mm -hmm. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Um, it's like those two you things. You pair those are like, up and it's like heaven. Yeah, pretty much. Um, pretty much. <laughs> did you know that I could buy that I – and I almost did it. You can buy a box of 50 Reese's Cups for $40 direct from Hershey's. Um, I almost bought that today and then I realized my wife would get mad. Well, I know what I'm doing after this conversation. Um, I mean, that's fair. Just it's spoilers to everybody. Um, you may have just picked out a Father's Day present. I'm just saying. Sure. That's great. Um, finder's <laughs> fees. Uh, there are finder's fees. Um, I accept payment in chocolate and peanut butter candy. So, there man, Lupin Chewy is great. The trash talk that I have, like, as I have played against Linda's children, and I have talked an insane <laughs> amount of crap to... Both of them, Amanda, as you can imagine. Oh, also, I've seen how you are with my kiddos. Yeah. So, 
Well, they, I mean, listen, your daughter was an emotional terrorist while we were playing uh, Root. She was an yeah, emotional terrorist. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, She's no, that sounds terrorist. about right. Yeah. And so yeah, I had right. to fight back. I had to fight oh, back. Oh, I hear you. I, I mean, support you in uh, overthrowing this little blonde overlord. I get it. <laughs> I'm trying. I really am. I tried. It didn't work, but it's, it's fine. So, yeah, Lupin Chewy is so great. Lupin Louie also great. These are amazing. It, the difference with Lupin Chewy now is that it's available. You can get it on Amazon, etc. The problem with it is that because it's older and it's a little bit, you know, it's, it's out of print, essentially, it's a little bit more expensive than it used to be. We got it for 20 bucks. Now you'd be getting it for a little bit closer to 30 I think it is still worth every penny because it's solid. The, the, the pieces are not going to break. So you really don't have to like, yeah, exactly. (laughs) I mean, this it's a, it's a, for a physical game, this thing's going to live for a very long time. This is the kind of game you buy now and they play it with their kids. As long as you don't like throw it into the backyard. Right. So yeah. And it's star Wars. Star Wars is never going to get old. Um, I say that it'll be fine. As soon as they give us Mandalorian season two, star Wars, everybody will love it again. So, uh, Amanda, what else you got? Oh, I got something that's also off book. Okay. So, I want to talk about Throw Throw Burrito, which is kind of like Exploding Kittens, <laughs> but it's like Dodgeball also at the same time. <laughs> Linda knows it's up. You guys can't see this, but she's holding up a box of Throw Throw Burrito. <laughs> perfect. It is the most perfect thing because this game is... Steve, this is like this is this is your special. This game is dumb. I mean, do you want me to go get our copy of Throw Throw Burrito? <laughs> so good, it's so good, it's so I mean, good. Because I could go get it and show it to the camera. I just didn't think to bring it and have a stack of games next to me. It just so happens that Linda is recording in her game room. Well, it I mean, might be. <laughs> that's the smart thing to do. So anyway, Throw Throw Burrito is what happens when you cross a card game with dodgeball. Yep, and then but you put burritos in it. Yeah, instead of a, but instead of a of of a ball, it's a burrito. It's a burrito. It's a squishy little burrito. Well, okay, they're not that little, but they're they're squishy burritos. Um, so the the aim of the game for throw throw burrito is that you have to collect matching sets of cards faster than anybody else at the table, but you're also um ducking, dodging, throwing, weaving and diving and being a total physical calamity at the same time because you don't want to get hit by a burrito. I don't know why you don't want to get hit by a burrito normally. I mean, I guess it's messy, but it's also a burrito. You could probably eat it. Um, But you don't want to be hit by the squishy burritos because the cards you collect earn you points. Getting hit by the burrito means you lose them. So this is not a game that you want to play around things or people that are super precious to you. <laughs> I mean, this is a full contact board game. This is a, a full, full contact, contact board, game. board game. This is this is a serious. This is a dodgeball card game. This game is about as stupid as they come, but it is so funny. It, we can't play it in our house. Like it's another one of those games where it's like we tried, and it was fun. But the kids are too young, and all they want to do is just, like, wail on each other. And they don't want to play the game. They just want to wail on each other with these friggin' burritos, which is hilarious to watch for, like, five minutes. But after ten minutes of that, it's pretty sad. So, anyway, Throw Throw Burrito came out last year. Mm -hmm. 
And this game is just, it's, it's so much. It is so much, and it is also the perfect amount at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it's not very expensive. It's 25 bucks at yep. Target. And realistically, it comes with two squishy burritos, and frankly, two squishies that were burritos. They run about 10 bucks a piece, so you, you basically get two burrito squishies and then a card game to go with it. Um, we, Brilliant. So we uh, do... I have a, a fun, a funny story about Throw Throw Burrito, uh, also involving a former EFG podcast host, uh, Kelly, she who needs no title. Uh, she was the one who gave this game to, um, no, no, she wasn't. I don't know. Evan got it for Christmas. I forget who gave it, but we brought it to uh, a holiday. That, so they live in New York. So they come and they stay at a hotel and we go and we open presents with them and several other people in the lobby of this, like, Marriott. Oh. Which is fine. It's the only way to make it work because they're only there for, like, it's just crazy. Their schedule is nuts. So we went and we brought board no, I games. I meant that isn't like, a, oh, that's really sweet. Yeah, it is I super like sweet. This. It's, and so uh, we they busted out Throw Throw Burrito in the lobby of a Marriott. And this is oh, before dear. I really understood that it was a full contact sport. And so like Evan taught everybody. And so it was like Evan who's, you know, four, at this point he was 13 and, you know, our 11 year old. And then, you know, another 11 year old and a very, very excitable 10 year old. Pretty much the perfect age to turn throw, throw burrito into an act of war. Uh, yeah. And, into an entire calamity. And uh, they definitely, definitely did not earn points for their houses. Um, oh dear! <laughs> but that's okay because it was, for, like, it was such an a hilarious escalation of noise and activity. Like you couldn't do anything but laugh. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> they, it went from they were playing and he was teaching to like all of a sudden like tables were getting like knocked over and like yelling and the 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 actual desk where the people were checking us in was on the other side of a wall so like we were like on the other so there was like a divider and so they just kind of like casually came out to inspect what was happening to see a bunch of kids throwing what looked like food at each other oh Oh, man it was so great guys throw throw burrito is absolutely a dodgeball card game and I endorse it fully endorse we have decreed that this is a outside only game. <laughs> yes. Yes, I need to do that. Yes. That's yes. The, this is for the week. Um, but it's probably the right decision. It's probably the right decision. Um, it's I don't definitely to break everything in my house. I have too many pretty things. You do have a lot of pretty things. Yeah. I've been there. I get it. I will say uh it's definitely not for the lobby of a Marriott. It's definitely not for that. So, um I'm just saying. So so that is throw throw burrito. Um all right, I'm going to I'm going to go with with another suggestion rather than I'm just going to get stupid. Okay? Do it. And we've talked about this before, but I'm just going to mention it. If you want to laugh, there is nothing better than happy salmon. Literally nothing better than happy salmon. Or funky chicken. Or funky chicken. 
but not both. <laughs> We've been over this before. Y'all have heard it. I'm not going to belabor the point. Um, Happy Salmon is the stupidest game on earth, but it is great. And so I just I'm just on a mission to make sure that everyone has that stupid fish in their game closet and plays it because you're you're getting up, you're moving, everybody's doing stupid stuff. It is funny to watch, it is funny to play. It's great all around. So that's it. I'm not going to belabor the point because we talked about it before, but that is uh Happy Salmon and uh Linda we're back to you. We're back to me. Okay. So we're going to go with a game that we've talked about a bit, I believe, on this. Um, a game right game. So we know we love our game right games. We do. Very silly. Go Nuts for Donuts. Okay. That's I mean, totally the next game I was going to talk about, too. You're totally you. describing, like, my love life. <laughs> Great minds think alike, right, Amanda? Totally. Um. So this is one that the very first time we played it was actually at was out at a restaurant. We were out sitting like in a lobby area waiting for our food. Bunch of, we had a bunch of kids and they taught it to us and we were just hysterically laughing. So the premise of this game is you are bidding on donuts. So for anyone that doesn't know it, there are different donut cards. You are trying to collect different donuts and you get points for different things and you lose points for certain things. And it's a blind bidding. You all have bid numbers you can bid on what number donut you want and they're all in order so if you want donut number three you're going to put down a three upside down well if anybody else bids on that three nobody gets it so you're trying to be strategic about what you're bidding on so that you actually get what you what are you're trying to get so you may not be going for the most desirable one because other people will so it's got a little strategy but the donuts are super cute they're very silly it's just hysterical, you know, and then you're laughing when you flip over and oh, it's the same one. Nope, we don't get it. And it's just, we were just hysterically laughing at this game. It's a good so, game. It is a good game. Good Here's game. what's so crazy. I don't know why I've never played this game. Like, I just don't know what weird world we live in. I just haven't, it's just, this is what There's too many games. The, that's true. what it is. The, there's too many games and it's just, when when the box comes in, and, the, and they get divided up between the Dutzman and the Robo houses. Sometimes the things that go to Linda's house just don't get played by me. Um, and But it's so cool. It's so cool. It sounds great. And obviously, donuts are my jam. So I I like donuts, obviously. Sure, we'll have to make sure that comes over on game night. We'll have to so figure it out. We can do the next one. Yeah. We will absolutely you, you have like to. this one. It's really silly. Yeah. That's yeah, extremely silly. It's very enjoyable. All right. And so, it's so uh, like. Yeah. I, I, listen, I love it. I think it sounds great. And, man, Game Right just makes such good games. Not all of them are we funny. Do. That's the only issue is that not all of them are funny. But, man, I can recommend I recommend Game Right games to everybody. But this is definitely the funniest. This sounds like the funniest of what they have made. Um, Amanda. I mean, it's that in Trash Pandas. Okay, I mean, Trash Pandas do I is really... also funny. I that's that's the other one that I was thinking of. Just like, well, if I can't do Gonuts for Donuts because that game is awesome, then we got to talk about Trash Pandas for like the billionth time. Trash Pandas is so funny. You play as a friggin' raccoon, and all you're doing is hoarding trash. You're hoarding trash. You're rolling on trash. You're hoarding trash. You're getting more trash. 
you're trading trash and stealing trash, and it's it's nuts. And it is hysterical as heck, especially when you play it with your seven-year-old who schools you and takes you to church every single time you play the game together. <sighs> That's messed up. Uh, listen, yeah, it's a lot. Trash pandas also great. If for nothing else, because all of the animals are definitely interneted. Is interneted oh yeah, a like word? the doggo, the doggos. Yeah. The trash panda thing is definitely an internet meme. So. Yeah, definitely is. Definitely is. I need to play this one. See, this is one of the, you're talking about the games getting split up. I haven't played this one. Well, then I've we will have heard to make about this it a, a priority. Exactly. Yes. It's yeah. totally it's totally worth it. The dice rolling mechanic kind of is a I mean it's not my favorite mechanic, but it certainly makes for some tense moments and it certainly makes for some enjoyment especially when it's mom that goes bust. So yeah. I mean it makes Vivian laugh every time. I mean that's my job. I feel like I did the thing. Right. Yeah. And that's really if we're trying to get everybody laughing. Vivian Correct. does really enjoy laughing at me, like a lot. That sounds about right with kids laughing at us. <laughs> it's it's true. We're extremely dorky. They should be laughing at us, like just a little. It's true. It's uh, true. Listen, I'm I am absolutely ridiculous, and I dress up like an elf on the weekend. So think about think about that. I just add like that extra layer. Um, it's all right. Okay. You're not so, wearing a Miss Frizzle dress. That's okay. I'm not wearing a Miss Frizzle. You know what? I don't think I could pull it I off. Might. Um. That would be some cosplay. <laughs> that would be that would be something. Okay, <laughs> let's uh, let's each do one more because I think we have definitely given some some really just some really good ex- some, some really good examples. Um, okay, I am going to recommend Exploding Kittens, and we've talked about this before, and so again, I'm not gonna beat beat around the bush. This is the second the oatmeal game that we have mentioned so far in this in this particular list but i think exploding kittens is a staple like i really feel like it should it is like if we were to make a a list of like games that just if you bought these 15 games you're good and i think exploding kittens probably has to be one of them it feels like for a lot of people exploding kittens replaced munchkin as like the de facto stupid card game um and i'm fine with that it is all dumb, especially if you like stupid cat jokes. And man, it's and it's easy to teach. You teach it in three, four minutes, and then you can play and hang out and tell jokes and just appreciate how dumb it is while you are playing it. So yes, that is exploding kittens, and I will not, I will never not recommend it. Yeah, I'm into it. Really good. Yeah, it's an amazing game. The kids still love playing that game, even though our box no longer meows. Yeah, we found out it ours doesn't either. My kids reminded me last time. But that's fine. Um all right, guys. One more. Who go, who wants to go first? Uh I don't know, man. You want to think like, some more? I got I got one more I can I can put out there that we haven't talked about lately. All right. I'm going to talk about Hoagie and we haven't talked about this one for quite a while, but years. this is just ages. Yes. We you talked about it a lot a while ago. Um, Mm -hmm. But Hoagie is a very simple sandwich building game. So you are laying down cards. It's a set collection. You're trying to make a complete sandwich. And you are able to spoil each other's sandwiches by putting these oogies down, which are spoiled pieces of the sandwich. 
So you're trying to start your turn, I think it's start your turn with a complete sandwich and have it make it around without anybody spoiling it on you. So very simple mechanic. This is one of those it takes like a minute or two to teach. You can have non-readers reading it, playing this game, because there's like three cards that are special cards, and they've got iconography on them enough that once the kids see them, they know what it does. They don't need the, the label on it. Um, so this is so cute because you can have re- you know non-readers playing it. It ages down great. And it's just so silly. And you're laughing as you try to spoil each other's sandwiches because you're trying to build it. And it's just it's just really ridiculous. Another one of those silly, simple, and ridiculous games that, you know, you can just go around the table and, you know, spoil sandwiches. Yeah, man. That does sound pretty good. Hoagie is one of those games that was sent to us early on in the Engaged Family Gaming life cycle. Uh, And it is one of those games that I know, Linda, you have recommended it. I know I see you in those board game groups. You recommend Hoagie like all the time. And it's one of those games that a lot of people, I think, unfortunately overlook because it's not a very recognizable name. But it's on Amazon for under $20 and the box is like little and rectangular and like it has a a, a hoagie printed on it. So it looks kind of like a sandwich. <laughs> and uh, it's it fun. It's fun. It's fun. The oogies are a little gross, but that's all right. That's what makes it but fun. That's what the kids Right, that's what the kids love. They love that, that gross humor. They do. Yeah. They really do. And it's it's one of those it's kid-friendly gross humor. Yeah. Absolutely. Kids love gross humor. They really do. They just can't get enough of it. I mean, gross and toilet humor is what they love. I mean, same. I mean, that yeah, from when the time they're like what two until forever. Yeah, pretty much. That's a it's two a, until question mark. It me, <laughs> it me, Amanda. It. Do you have anything, or are you thinking we got to wrap it up? Okay, all right. So we have one other game on this list that I actually have played, so I can talk about it, uh, and that's Invasion of the Cow Snatchers. So I saw this at Toy Fair. I think it was last year I saw this at Toy Fair. Uh, over at Robinsberger and Think Fun. So this game is actually a Mensa game. This game is really, really, really smart. But it is such a silly theme. This the, In this game, so what you got to do, as, as Linda has noted in this excellent piece on EngagedFamilyGaming.com, In this game, players are collecting cows, which are represented by colored discs, and the red bull must be collected last. There are fences of different heights that add challenges to each puzzle, but here's the deal. You are an alien. You are trying to capture cows. That is what you're doing. You come to Earth, and you're like, all right, check it out. I gotta get all these cows into my into my spaceship, into my flying saucer, and how the heck am I going to do it with all these fences and all these cows, and i got to get the bull last, and this is a lot to handle, and I don't know if I can handle the pressure. Also, it's really fun. Like, it's shockingly enjoyable. <laughs> it, it really is. Like, it's, it's more fun than it has any right to be. It's just so ridiculous. It's, it like, is, because it's all abstract. Like, this whole thing is an entirely abstract puzzle game, usually just for one person at a time. And it is so much fun. And it's just so satisfying when the mat, because they're all magnets. So when the magnet mm-hmm. zips up to the spaceship, it's just, it's they're so satisfying with that little clink. It feels like you're actually like 
sucking up these cows in your flying saucer, but on a board game. It is the silliest damn thing, but it is, it's great. It's great for kids, especially for ki teaching kids logic puzzles and for helping them to understand spatial awareness and everything like that. So if you are stuck without something to do with your kids on a weekend and you're like, all right, check it out. We've already played all of these other amazing bonkers games. We have broken vases because of throw, throw burrito. And we told you all to play it outside, but no one listens. I tell you what, sit down with Invasion of the Cow Snatchers. And I think that you can pick this up at Target or on Amazon. And I think it's relatively inexpensive. So definitely play this game. Wouldn't you know I'm looking it at it right now. Back. It's about 30 bucks on the Amazons right go. now. It's a, it's a forever enjoyable game, too, because it just gets harder and harder and harder. And you have all of these little game pieces, these little game cards that you can just that you use as inspiration. Like, how am I going to make this really difficult? Well, maybe go play the Mensa level ones. Have fun. Yeah. Have at. Sounds great. Well, Amanda and Linda, would you believe me if I told you that that was episode 217 of the Engaged Family Gaming Podcast? We did it. We did it. We did it one more time. No signs that anybody's trying to stop us. So, uh, Amanda and Linda, thank you very much for joining me tonight. And everyone who is listening, thank you very much for listening. We hope you enjoyed listening to our recommendations as much as we enjoyed recording it. Because that means you uh, enjoyed it a whole heck of a lot. Because we had a lot of fun today. So, we hope you all have a great week. We're going to be back next week to talk about video games specifically. This is going to be a special episode. So we're going to be talking about MMOs. And we're going to be talking about the value of online communities. In, that sounds really good. You know, in the face of tragedy and all sorts of other stuff. And we have a special guest coming. One that Amanda and I have talked about getting on this show for a very long time who will be joining us. So that's going to be an awful lot of fun. So until next week, everybody, you have yourself a great night. And until then, don't forget to safely get your family game on. Bye. 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 Music for the Engaged Family Gaming Podcast is Android Sock Hop by Kevin McLeod and audio production by Six Pack Nerds Productions. <laughs>